2: But keeping the boys out of trouble isn't always easy, because when David and Elliot are together, they have more fun than should be legal.
1: Welcome to another edition of Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com with David Spada and Elliot Harris. I'm Elliot Harris. Our guest today is a former tackle for Baylor University, the Cleveland Browns, and the Dallas Cowboys. Jim Ray Smith. Here's our interview, part one. You're from West Columbia, Texas. Is there an East Columbia, Texas? Yes, there
2: is. It's the one mile east of West Columbia. East okay. Columbia is on the Brazos River and it flooded all the time, so they had to move up land. Okay, it's about 50 miles southwest of Houston, Texas. Okay, so
1: how did you end up at Baylor?
2: Uh, I never expected to go to college, being from a poor family, and, uh, my senior year in high school, uh, I guess I became a pretty good player, and I was a fullback my senior year, and I was always told fullbacks make great guards, so <laughs> I guess that's what happened. Uh, I was recruited several different, uh, schools, uh, all the Southwest Conference schools and some in Louisiana, LSU and, and different ones. Uh, you know, I never thought I could play. I, I, I just, you know, I, I didn't know. I, anyway, I picked Baylor because it's, uh, in Waco and that's a big old, uh, uh, country town kind of at that time and friendly area. And, uh, George Sauer was the head coach. He was the new coach then, uh, just coming in from maybe gotten it from there, and uh, everything turned out real
1: well. Uh, I would say so. Now, did you know of George Sauer's reputation? He did play in the NFL for the Green Bay Packers back in, I think, uh, the late 30s. Yes. Uh, I think he went to school at Nebraska,
2: if I'm not mistaken. You're you're correct about that.
1: uh, But he 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 and
2: I had good rapport. He he was... uh, he was a great offensive player, uh, I mean, coach, but, uh, uh his defense was something, to, uh, not, to be, uh, be, you know, uh, excited about. He, uh, hired Bulldog Turner to come down in, in 1953 to handle the defense. And, uh, but, uh, and which was a great relationship, uh, Bulldog and I got to know him real well. And, uh, but, when it comes time to play the game, uh, George Sauer didn't uh, wouldn't let him use his defense that he wanted to use against certain teams. So, anyway, that was a kind of a bad omen there. But anyway, we uh, we did well in
0: 1953. What defense did Clyde uh, Bulldog Turner want to run? Well, I think he had uh,
2: the the uh, umbrella defense and the rotating defenses in the back that were. Uh, the strong side of the offensive uh, play, uh, they rotated to that side and uh, would back up each other, and George wanted to have uh, three deep backs so nobody could throw uh, the deep pass on him. That was basically what it was. uh,
1: Well, Bulldog Turner was a a legendary uh, figure,
2: certainly. Yes, he was, and... uh, Again, we uh, became great friends, and, and uh, uh, he had a lot of stories about the, uh, the Chicago Bears and what have you when he was there, and uh, he was just a, a strong person, uh, physically and personality-wise.
0: So how does a Packer, former Packer head coach hire a former Bear for his staff? It doesn't make sense.
2: Well, he's looking for a good, uh, defense man, and Bulldog had, the, you know, the, the Bears back in those days, I guess, in the 40s. And, uh, uh, they had good defensive deals, and he must have had, uh, some kind of, uh, rapport or somebody knew him and said, you ought to hire, uh, Bulldog. So, uh, you know, being a kid in, in college, you don't know, understand most of that stuff, but, uh, uh, I know that uh, Bulldog was uh, very uh, uh, upset because he couldn't, and he only coached there one year. Uh,
1: when you were drafted as a future by the
2: uh, Cleveland Browns in
1: 1954, was was that something you were aware was going to happen?
2: No. No, I, I never thought about playing pro ball. And... Uh, I, I think after they drafted, him, they came down uh, to school there uh, the next year or whatever it was. And we had a coach uh, that had played, uh, Jack Russell, uh, that had played in Canada for 10 years. And uh, he wanted to be with me when they came in uh, to Waco and kind of advised me on what to do. And they came into town, and uh, Dick Gallagher was there personnel guy, and they came in, and, uh, he offered me a, a contract, and, uh, uh, the coach didn't like it, uh, Doug Russell, and he, uh, he said, uh, Jim Ray, would you step outside and let me talk to him in a minute, he came back, and he doubled the contract, uh, and he said, now this is what you ought to have. <laughs> <laughs> so he acted as your agent before they had agents. Yes, he did. I didn't know what was going on. You know, I was a dumb little kid out of West Columbia, a little old country town.
1: Well, what was Waco like, you know, in the mid-50s? Uh, you
2: know, being from West Columbia, is a big town. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, they had two theaters there, not one. Okay, and, okay. Uh, but the the people were great, uh, friendly. The school was, uh, basically everything was a school, you know. We, uh, we had a stadium that was about a mile and a half, uh, from the campus and, uh, in between that, uh, stadium and, uh, the campus, there was a, a field that we worked out on uh, off of Dutton Street. And, uh, we'd go out there, uh, and then during the game time, it was on Saturdays, we'd go out to the big stadium. Yeah.
0: Was it hard knowing that you couldn't go straight from college to the NFL, that you had to serve in the Army?
2: I, I really never thought about it. You know, I, uh, I went to Baylor, uh, at, uh, about 195 pounds, and I left Baylor at about 115. Uh, pounds, and uh, of course, you know, 53 and 54, both those seasons, we played both ways. There was a new rule that came out. They were trying to save money, the schools were, because the athletic uh, deals were all of their uh, money's airplanes going to the athletic, you know, for college tuition and stuff like that, so they wanted to cut it down, so they went to one platoon, and uh, they cut the uh, recruiting back probably uh, 25%, something like that, to, to save money. And uh, I believe that's the way it got started, why it was. And uh, so we went both ways. And, and I always thought I was a better defensive guy and I was an offensive guy, but uh, that's the way it goes. And, uh, well, yeah, when I went into yeah. the Army, uh, uh, I'd already been in 1954, the summer month, I went to OCS at Fort Benning, Georgia, uh, trying to, you know, they were drafting, still drafting for the Korean uh, War or whatever they want to call it. And uh, so uh, well, I was drafted into the Army. That's how I got in the Army. And I just got engaged. We played, uh, in my senior year, we played Auburn in the Gator Bowl. And one of my teammates, uh, L.G. Dupree, And we went to the Senior Bowl, and we played in the Senior Bowl. And uh, Paul Brown was coaching the other team, and uh, I'm trying to think, uh, Steve Owen was coaching the the South. And uh, we won uh, pretty good. But uh, when I got back to Waco, I had a letter there It said, uh, Mr. Smith, you are now going to report the next morning. I had to go in the Army the next morning. And went to El Paso and then El Paso up to uh, uh Colorado Springs and then to North Carolina. But uh, uh that that was a great time. Made a lot of great people and uh it's just one of those things you you know, that's part of your life and you just with it keep going and uh got married in between the, uh in April of uh, uh 55, and then April the 2nd of 55 this year, I'll be married 60 uh, years.
0: Congratulations. So,
1: it's a good thing you didn't and get married. On April, yeah, good, good thing you didn't get married on April Fool's Day. <laughs> well, she didn't want it. I wanted to.
0: <laughs> she's a smart one.
2: Yeah, yeah, she was. But she's a beautiful woman. And we got three great kids. Uh Ray's our oldest one. Uh he's fifty seven now in the mayor of Prosper, which is just north of uh Dallas here in a small town up here. I say small, it was nine thousand when he started, he's in his second term and so we're fifteen thousand now, so it's going pretty good.
0: So he must be a Cowboys fan. Uh yeah. Uh Jerry Jones uh
2: has interest up there. They're, they're developing uh, around, and uh, he knows them pretty well. And, uh, of course, you know, developers want uh, land and right. utilities, uh, sewer and water and all that stuff for their development. So he knows them all pretty well. How were you able to get
1: a, a 30-day leave from the Army to go to Brown's training camp?
2: I don't know. I just asked for it and they let you have it. <laughs> Oh, that's pretty good. That's what I was going to do. I said, Then sure,
1: you sprained your ankle in an exhibition game, and the Brown said, go back to the Army and, until you're feeling better?
2: Yeah, and then I figured out later they didn't want to pay me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that sounds like Paul Brown.
2: Do what? That sounds like Paul Brown. Art Model. An Art, well, uh, Art Modell. Well, Art Model then comes in 1960 when he bought it. Uh-huh. Okay. In 1956. And uh, Paul, he, you know, he uh, he was tough on those contracts. You know, there, there weren't any agents. And uh, I found out uh, after I signed, I was making more than some of the starters were. And uh, then I found out later that some of the guys that came in around me were making more money than I was. So I, you know, I did it's just one of those things. No players then uh, would uh, uh, discuss their contracts. Uh, it's just one of those no-no deals, yeah. and uh, you don't understand why. I asked a couple of them what, you know, when, when I you made the trobo uh, the second time in a row, and, and I said, you, you know, what what, what does a guard get? You know, what is, I, nobody knew anything. And I said, what are you getting? Well, oh, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just one of those things, you know, not having an agent, not knowing what to do or anything. You just negotiate your own deal. And then the Browns brought you
1: back in 56 while you were still in the Army? Did they do what? They said, okay, come on back?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I wrote them, told them I was well, they're to come back. Well, about mid-season, they, uh, they said, well, come on back. So I did. I went back up and uh, uh, finished out the season. And, and I got out of the Army at the same time. Uh, I was going back to school, I wanted to finish my degree at Baylor and they were on a quarter system, not on a semester system. So their uh, uh, school, the second quarter, started in the second week of of, uh, uh, December. So uh, it all worked out real well. What was the lake plan
0: for Paul Brown?
2: At first, I I didn't understand what was going on hardly. Uh, I understood the discipline and the – uh, then it kind of wears on you that, uh, everything is precision, but everything has to be uh, precise. And, uh, it's, it, uh, his organization is just unbelievable. And, uh, you know, he probably gave more to football than anybody, uh, any other one person, uh, starting with the, uh, grade schools and high school and college and pros. He just was a great organizer. And, uh, we, uh, uh, you know, you, you get these playbooks, and if you lose it, it, it's $500. And if you're not making much money, $500, a whole bunch of money. <laughs> and, uh, be, uh, uh, he would dictate to you. Uh, that first day you'd come in, of course you weighed and got your uniform and everything, and, and uh, then you'd run the party. You run the party in a full uniform. Uh, he wouldn't know how fast you could run and pull a uniform, not in shark or anything. He wouldn't know what you run in your cleats and on grass on a field. Uh, I think Bobby Mitchell came in. They finally, after the third year, they got him there uh, for playing camp. He was in the college all-star game and then they had the court, uh, the, uh, uh, uh Anyway, they, he was in the National Guard, staying out of the army too, and he was called for that. Anyway, he, third year he finally got to run the forty, and uh, but he ran uh, on track uniform. I think he ran with the spikes. He ran a four three on the cinder track or whatever, and he ran a four six in full uniform on brass there at Harrowell uh, And Jim You're Brown was be- right behind him. And
1: you were right behind Jim Brown, right?
2: Yes. Well, there were several of us, but we all had the third fastest time to the team.
1: But you were Ray retro
2: you, was one of them.
1: Yeah, but you—you you were pretty quick.
2: Yes. You know, they said I was. I didn't know it at the time, though.
1: <laughs> and, and they never brought it up at contract time, too. I no, heard. never did. No one ever said anything <laughs> about
2: it. I had an article here about ten years ago. I was looking through some stuff, and it was written by uh, Chuck Heaton with the plane dealer. And uh, he was talking about Bobby Mitchell's first time to get uh, timed, with four six, and then Jim Brown was four seven, and then the, the fastest of the big guys for Jim Ray at uh, at four eight, and. and and, of course, along with that was Ray Renfro and maybe one of the other backs that were not run that.
1: So they either should have had you at receiver or in the
2: backfield.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think they had me exactly where they wanted me. <laughs> well, you started out at defensive end with the Browns, right? I, I, was going to be, I
2: was going to be a defensive end at 218 pounds, and uh, Baylor, you know, I weighed 200. Uh, uh, 215 pounds, and they had been the program is 222. And they asked I said, "What do you got me in there at 222 for?" And they said "Well, it looks better. It just looks." <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Was there ever a backfield like that one you guys had with Bobby Mitchell and Jim Brown? I mean, they'd be unstoppable with their speed.
2: Oh, we we thought we were. We we you know, of course, we make some mistakes here and there and, and end up losing uh, a couple of games and. Kick us out, but uh, uh, 57 was, uh, of course, was the year that we won our division and uh, played Detroit in Detroit. Uh, and uh, I think against us uh, in a game, uh, Bobby Lane had broken his leg about three games before the uh, championship game or, or the end of the season, and Tobin Rogue came in. I think he was from Rice but he came in and just had one heck of a day. Maybe it was pretty bad, but Tommy O'Connell was our uh, quarterback, and he had broken his leg about three weeks before that. And Bill Plum was going to be the quarterback, and we went out to warm out, and he pulled his hamstrings. So <laughs> both of them were hobbling. We, we didn't have any quarterbacks. So it, it, it was a tough deal. Uh, but uh, anyway, it was, Played in Detroit, it was a beautiful day, and uh, it was my first one and last one, I guess, to play in. But it, it, was, uh, yeah, it was a great experience.
1: How long did it take f- for you and Jim Brown to sort of work in tandem? I I read that uh, he, he would sort of follow you and and wait for that moment to explode through the hole.
2: Well, you know, you get a lot of Backs that are pretty fast, even in college and uh, wherever. If if they outrun you around the end, uh, you're not much good. So if if they'll stay even with you, and uh, and give you a chance to block, and then they can cut off your block, and uh, it's a lot easier for both people.
0: What made Jim Brown such a great back?
2: Well, he had great speed and and, and great balance. And if you watch some of his. Uh, Film, which I'm sure you have, uh, you know his his feet never got off the ground more than six inches. I don't think he, he glided along and, and uh, had great balance and great balance. upper body uh, strength. And uh, and he's kind of like everybody else. He wanted to be the best. And it didn't hurt
1: that Not the guys what? Yeah, the guys trying to tackle him were, for the most part, smaller than he was. He was about the size of a defensive lineman.
2: Yeah. 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 He was, uh, uh, he would come into training camp at about, uh, 215, which was light for him. And by the time the training camp was over, he'd be about 225. Uh, we had a great training camp, uh, table. Uh, the food was excellent. And, uh, one of the things Paul Brown always said now, uh, don't eat yourself out of the league. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and was, a lot of people came here and gained weight, I guess.
0: You had some great linemen. You, Mike McCormick, Walt Michaels. I mean, it seemed like you had pro bowler after pro bowler on that team.
2: Yeah, we we had, of course, Lou Groza. And uh, 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 I'm trying to take the sentence. Uh, oh... Uh, well, uh, Frank Gasky is the one I'm trying to think of. McCormick Gaskey, and in uh, the last couple of years, we had Gene Jefferson. And, uh, of course, I played, uh, uh, four years with Chuck Noll, was with the Browns. And, and uh, uh, speaking of that, uh, this Tuesday, this last Tuesday, the Dallas War News had a, uh, article by uh, Tim uh, Kalashaw. I don't know if y'all read yeah. any of that stuff or not, yeah. but uh, it was yeah. the headline of the sports page. And he was talking about Belichick uh, deserved a lawfully all-time perch. And uh, he picked the first six uh, coaches that he thought ought to be, you know, in that. And Chuck Noll was number one. He had four 0 in his appearances in, uh, in the Super Bowl. And uh, and then he had number two is Belichick and Joe Gibbs three and Tom Landry four and Don Shula was five and Bill Walsh was six and uh, I look at those guys and uh, you know you take Noel and and uh, Shula and Walsh and uh, Belichick I understand I somebody told me that all of those guys had influence by Paul Brown either coach for him or. Uh, or was okay. a player under him, and what have so it, you? Yeah. It, uh, it's quite interesting, and uh, you could probably go back a lot better than I can. But I've been told that uh, Paul Brown's first ten years in the league, uh, he was in ten championships. The first three was in the old American Conference, right? Yeah. Then they get into the NFL in '49. Uh, and he's in uh, every world championship game, and he and he wins four, let's see, yeah, four of the seven games in the NFL. Uh, I got there in 56, and the last one was in uh, uh, 55, uh, which uh, Otto Graham was a quarterback in every one of those. And I've asked some sports people, you know, they talk about – these quarterbacks and they keep talking about. I said, well, I think Otto Graham was probably one of the greatest quarterbacks and you look at his record. He played 10 years and played in 10 championships (laughs) and he won seven of the 10 championships. (laughs) Not too bad. uh, uh, So it's, uh, uh, and somebody said that he, in one of the championship games, he threw for three touchdown passes and ran for three. I don't know if that's uh, that's just part of the history, I guess. And I was asking one of the sport writers here, and I said, well, won't y'all ever talk about Otto Brown? He said, well, that's right in the Hall of Fame. I said, well, <laughs> that's not, not the answer I was looking for. I said, I, just, why haven't you talked about Otto Brown? Yeah. He never it's, would answer me.
0: And Sammy Baugh, a guy from Texas, is another guy they forget about.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't, Graham uh, did not want to play football. He was a basketball player. And the I, reason he played for Paul Brown is that uh, three months before he could sign with the uh, uh, the basketball team he wanted to play with, the pros, uh, he wanted to get married, and Paul Brown said, well, I'll give you the money, you can get married, and you can play for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I,
1: I think Otto Graham made the right choice.
2: Yes, he did. And he's a great guy. I, yeah. Although I didn't play with him, but I got to know him through the years. Yeah.
1: Well, Paul Brown liked those big running backs because uh, before the days of Jim Brown, he had Marion Motley.
2: Oh man, was he! He was great. Uh, they, they compared Jim Brown and, and Marion Motley on the, uh, after Jim's uh, first year at Cleveland. They compared them. Uh, They'd run a play that Jim Brown would run, and then they'd run one with Marion Motley. And uh, uh, Jim would do a little sidestep and and keep going, and and, uh, Marion Motley just run right over him like a (laughs) cartoon or something. Other. (laughs) Uh, He was good and fast, about two forty-five. I guess two forty-two forty-five. He was a great ball player, and uh, uh, you see what some of these things, of course. People back then, even when I played, didn't make any money, and he was delivering mail for the, uh, uh, to the, uh, before we worked out. Come by every once in a while and visit with people.
1: <laughs> was Chuck Knoll any good as a
2: football player? Chuck Noll, Yes, sir. Yes, he, he played many deals. He was the, the center, uh, backup center, backup guard, and the uh, backup linebacker. Uh, for the browns he's very good very smart and good. he good he''s good good guy good you
0: player. mentioned you mentioned that players have other jobs you were in the real estate business and you retired and then your teammates convinced you to come back was that a hard decision
2: well uh that's that that's a deal that's uh, kind of a sore deal and, and i don't like to talk about it, it, it it's just uh, one of those things i retired and i didn't want to play anymore and uh, then there was some pressure for me to play, and so I ended up playing. And uh, uh, I was well, and two years with the Cowboys, I had uh, two knee operations, two concussions, and two broken hands. Other than that, it sounds pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, they paid me a pretty good salary. <sighs> you know, you never know when somebody tells you that you're making more money than somebody else. But, uh, well, but my last year at Cleveland, uh, Paul Brown said I was the highest-paid lineman in the National Football League. And uh, when I signed with the Cowboys, uh, they said I was the highest-paid lineman in the National Football League. Now, I don't know what that means, offense, defense, or both of them. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I know I didn't take it very much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't enough, whatever it
2: was. Yeah, yeah.
1: What was it like going from uh, a storied franchise like the Browns to to basically uh, an expansion team in the Cowboys? Uh,
2: It's it's, uh, uh, the difference, of course, is is Paul Brown. And uh, that doesn't mean anything against Tom Landry. Uh, Of course, Paul Brown was the... uh, Part owner, I think he owned 20, uh, 18% of the Browns, and he was the head coach, the president, the general manager, everything. So he made all the decisions, did everything. And uh, of course, Tom was the head coach uh, with the Cowboys, and Tex Ram was the general manager, and he, he did most of the, the other stuff. So uh, you didn't deal with the head coach when you're dealing with uh, contracts. He dealt with Tex round with the Cowboys, and he, he dealt always with, with Paul Brown. And, uh, uh, you know, you kind of make it fun. Uh, I know he calls me and he said, well, you know, uh, Jim Brown had a great year and we can't give too many raises. And I said, now, wait a minute. We had an agreement. We're going to do this. He said, well, you know, uh, we got Bobby Mitchell come in. We're glad to do this. all." Oh. We can't do that. I said. Now you want me to be happy, don't you? And he starts (laughs) laughing out loud. He said, Make you happy." I said, "Yeah." Don't you want a happy offensive lineman? He said, "Okay." (laughs) When when Paul Brown got
1: fired, what was your reaction?
2: Well, uh, I kind of put it that both of us left at the same time. (laughs) Uh, of course, in, in 62 was my last year in Cleveland, retired, and, and uh, Art wanted to make sure, Art Modell wanted to make sure I was retired. I wasn't just trying to get money or anything, you know, to up my salary. And I said, no, nope, I'm through. I've got my real estate business going good, and, and I just want to, uh, to retire. All right, that's it. And Art said, would you talk to the Cowboys? I said, no, I don't want to talk to the Cowboys. I don't want to play. I, I don't want to get into all of that. You know, stuff. And, uh, so anyway, uh, about two months later, he and, and Collier came down and at the hotel and said, We want to talk to you. Come down to the hotel. So I went down, and talked to him about two hours or more, and finally I said, Okay, I'm, I'll talk to him, but I'm not going to play. Well, two years, uh, two, three days, four days later, I, I signed with him. So, did you have
0: to go up against Bob Lilly in practice?
2: He was a, a defensive end, and then they moved him to tackle, which was where he really needed to be. Uh, yes, I did.
0: What was he like going against?
2: Oh, he's great. He's, he's quick and strong, upper, upper body. Uh, he's, um, you know, he and uh, uh, Henry Jordan, the Green Bay. Uh, Henry was a roommate of my age, a rookie year at Cleveland, and then they traded him to Green Bay. And uh, 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 Willie uh, Davis were traded to Green Bay at the same time. Two all pros, and hall of all famers. Fans. Yeah, both of them. And uh, Henry's a it was a great guy, and uh, uh, we became good friends and. His son lives here in the Metroplex area in Irving, I think, here, just outside of Dallas. And I told him, I said, I'm the reason that you're here. <laughs> and he said, How's that? I said, Well, uh, Henry kept talking about his girlfriend at home, Olive. And I started calling her Sweet Olive. And I said, You got to go home after the scene's over and marry Sweet Olive. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> and uh, then little Henry came along. Uh, when the
1: Browns traded you, they, they must have felt they made a pretty good deal because Monty Clark was the guy that uh,
2: went to Cleveland in that deal. Well, what they wanted was something. And uh, otherwise, they would not going to get anything if I didn't talk to them. They wouldn't get a, a trade or anything. They just wouldn't get anything. So. Uh, Get something, whether it was Monty or whatever. And Monty was a good ball player, and he's a, he's a good guy, and ended up being the head coach of the Detroit Lions, I think. Right, uh,
0: but he is and a he great was, guy. And he was the brains behind those uh, Miami Dolphins. He may put that offensive line together.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We there. A lot of our philosophy was the same. Uh, years later, after he retired. We'd talk at some of the the Brown reunions, we'd talk about the offensive line. He'd say something, and I said, well, that's the way we did it. Really? You know? (laughs) And uh, blocking schemes and stuff like that. After
1: this brief break, we'll be back with part two of our interview with Jim Ray Smith. You're listening to Sports & Torts on TalkZone.com.